Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. There are few sights more beautiful in horticulture than roses in bloom. The Peter Beals Rose Garden at Attleborough is well worth a visit, and I'll be speaking to Ian Limmer, a man who has a wealth of knowledge on roses, and boy, is he passionate about them. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast. Boy, I had a good weekend. You know, really lovely weather. And actually, the weather's being quite gentle, isn't it? I'm getting rain at night. That's the thing I like. Rain at night and then dried out so that I can get on with things by 10 or 11 in the morning. And I was interested to see that uh, Tesco are doing a special offer on raspberries, £1 for a 150-gram punnet, because there's such a good crop. You know, there's another message there too. With the summer rain, you get very big berries. And with big raspberries, of course, you can pick them to a given weight much more quickly. And, of course, 60% of the cost of all soft fruit is in the wages and the handling. And so uh, it's no surprise that we have plenty of really luscious fruit and at a good keen price. Those of you in the northeast might need a reminder. The South Bailey Garden supplying cut flowers for Durham Cathedral, is open on Saturday, that's the 9th, from 10 until 4. Doesn't cost you anything, and you can see the way to grow cut flowers properly. I find it difficult to keep up with things. You know, in the commercial world, the speed of change is really quite surprising. I mean, in the last five or six years, I suppose, uh, Britain has come pretty well self-sufficient with strawberries. I mean, we have uh, our own crops of strawberries now from uh, late March, early April, right the way through to November. And the very latest glasshouses being built even grow strawberries in two tiers. There's one layer at head height or shoulder height, so they're very easy to pick. And then right up above, oh, it must be a metre or a metre and a half above them, there's another lot. Mechanically, they can swap them over. So the top lot come down and the bottom lot go up, and twice the yield is then achieved from uh, the one given glasshouse area. Uh, I had a message from Jim McColl, the Beech Grove uh, garden presenter, up in Aberdeen, and, and he said uh, a local grower there has just built two acres of new glass for strawberries. And I met uh, somebody in Lincolnshire who's uh, not only growing strawberries under glass, they're also growing asparagus. Now, if you'd have suggested to me 10 years ago that people would be growing asparagus under glass, I'd have said you were balmy. But in practice, asparagus grows unbelievably well with protection. If you have got it well established, you can start cropping in early March. And it grows so strong that you don't stop cutting in 
the first, second week in June as we would do in the garden. But you keep cropping well into July because they grow so strong that if you didn't keep cropping, the grass, you know, the foliage would be right up and out the vents as it is it grows to. Best part of eight feet, nine feet tall, that's three metres tall with asparagus. But boy, you have to put some water on it when it's growing like that. I think that I'm going to try and get uh, one or two little plants into one of the school's polytunnels. I think the kids will be amazed how fast the asparagus spears pop through the ground and how quickly they're ready to cut in the spring. There's uh, one other little tip too. Do you know, for years I've been demonstrating on television and writing about potting the pot when you repot something. You know, if you've got a plant which is in, say... uh, three and a half inch nine centimeter pot and it's full of root and you need to move it up into a, a bigger pot say a 13 or 15 centimeter pot then the best thing to do is to take the plant water it well first but then take it out of its smaller pot and then use the smaller pot as a former it's almost like building an upside down sandcastle you've got your bigger pot you put some compost in it you put the smaller empty pot into it and then fill the compost round firming it gently and then when it's all nicely firmed and full you take the smaller pot out and you've got the perfect uh, hole to drop your plant into and you won't damage the plant Uh, even uh, more useful if it's not quite square when you've done the repotting or not quite deep enough or too deep you just tip it out and do it again without damaging the plant in any way I've had a question too about uh, rooting hibiscus. Now, at the shrubby hibiscus, the one that's out in the garden, we call it the nurseryman's nightmare because it's the last one to come into leaf and when people buy it in the spring, they're impatient to see growth and uh, they're back to where they bought it saying, yeah, that plant's dead. But in practice, they're just very slow to come into leaf. But the query was, could you root it from cuttings? Well, yes, you can. It's rooted from what we call half-ripe cuttings. But it's a bit late now. Needs to be done in July, really. It's when the soft new growth just begins to harden a bit. And so it's not completely hardened. It's a half-ripe cutting. And if you take a three to four inch cutting of that kind in July, put it into a really open compost and cover with a white polythene bag on a sunny windowsill, That will root in a month or two and you'll have new plants. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, now, without question, roses remain the most popular flower in Britain, whether it's cut or in gardens. And today we have uh, one of the masters of rose growing, uh, Mr. Ian Limmer, who's uh, the nursery manager at Peter Beals up in Attenborough, Norfolk. Uh, how are things up there, Ian? Oh, very well, thank you, Peter. Can you set the scene as far as uh, Ian is concerned? I think you joined Peter Beals, the great uh, late Peter Beals, from mm. school. Is that right? Well, I was 15, actually, when I, when I started. It's, that was 41 years ago, so this is the only job I've ever had. And um, I wanted to be a, a fireman, but um, I was too short, so that was, that was no good. I, uh, another option was joining the, one of the forces or being you know, a motor mechanic. I was um, introduced to Peter by my father, who was a journalist um, for our local paper. One of my father's colleagues was related to Peter and he was looking for a Saturday boy just to you know uh, do uh, basic work like we all do yeah. um, uh, weeding and watering um, I'm still weeding and watering now yeah, that's not a problem I think you've really got to be hands-on um, you know in, in gardening and um, you know to be in touch with it and never lose touch of it I don't think well my son also had a Saturday job on the local garden center and the first job they put him to was weeding the car park I think that killed his enthusiasm forever, very nearly. Uh, but but uh, you, you stuck it, it seems. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I stuck it. I mean, then there was four people at the nursery. Now there's over 50. I think over the years, what's uh, made me, I suppose, stay with it, I think, as a lovely job, is you get so many seasons. It never, one day is the same. You know, there's always something different. You go into work and you think, right, you know, I'm going to be doing this. Something can change. You'll be doing something else. Or weather patterns. You know, that's the other thing that can be affected with our industry. One year you've got something that's absolutely fantastic. And then the following year it's not doing very well. And you think, well, what is that? Is it something that I've pruned or, or, or whatever? So, you know, it really is interesting. Peter said, oh, you know, how about joining us? He said, well, I'll put you into college. Um, so I, I went and did my City and Guilds um, stage one, then stage two, and then the apprenticeship course, which lasted you know, three years. And um, so you're then pretty he, well trained, then, Ian, at the beginning. Well, was that with right, yeah, right from the beginning. And I'm still learning, Peter. I think we all are, you know, within horticulture. But uh, yeah, I oh, could you, think of a lot worse jobs to do. You certainly never stop <laughs> learning. Yeah. No. Now the specialism over the years has been uh, uh, classic old. Fashioned roses, isn't it? That's really where Peter Beals got his international reputation. We have 1,100 different varieties of um, new and old old roses, but uh, I suppose uh, you know when we started, there is more of the really old-fashioned varieties, um, the Gallicas, the Damasks, Hybrid Perpetuals, etc., etc. All these lovely old roses that have been about for you know many hundreds of years. And, um, you know, that's where Peter first started and building up his collection, traveling all over the, the world, you know, trying to find different new varieties. 
building up the collection. So, but, you know, things have changed a little bit, you know, now, you know, compared with what it was over the last sort of 30, 40 years ago. We well, want people demanding much more, you know, from their plants. Yes, they want longer flowering, don't they? The, the, the rambler-type rose that just flowers in one hit is not really enough. If you've got a small garden, yeah. you want colour for months, don't you? Well, this, this is it. I think... Uh, we all know that, uh, you know, with the new houses coming along, gardens are getting a lot smaller. And, um, you know, for example, some of, some of these lovely old roses like Rambling Rector, which is a white, uh, Kiffsgate and, and uh, Chevy Chase, another good rambler. Boy, you know, they're all capable of doing five or six metres. Yeah, you... And, you know, the gardens are getting smaller, aren't they? <laughs> you need some space for Rambling Rector, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You certainly do. It's a nice little, you know, group of repeat flowering ramblers that only grow to about, you know, three metres, something like that. And this is where things are beginning to get more popular in that way, as opposed to, you know, like rambling rector. When I first started with Peter, we used to do about um, 700, something like that, rambling rector. Now it's gone down to, I suppose, about 200. Um, it's not because cause the variety is still good. It's still wonderful scent. But people are demanding, you know, like I said, they, they want a little bit more from their rose, you know, than, um, you know, maybe three or four weeks flowering. Now, the best place really to go and make your choice is your rose garden, isn't it? I was there two or three weeks ago and I was amazed. I mean, it's a really wonderful day out. Thank you. Yes, um, we're very uh, uh, pleased and proud of our gardens here at the nursery now. Um, over the last... Um, about, about three years, we've been revamping it all the time and adding newer varieties, changing the, the layout and so on. And we have, um, you know, just two people looking after it, which is my brother Vaughan and young Matthew, uh, an apprentice, and um, they're on it full time. And it really is a, a credit to them. The message I came away with was that uh, we're now mixing roses with other garden flowers much more than we used to do. I mean, your, your brother... Vaughan. I mean, he's doing a fantastic job. The grass was magnificent. Uh, the hybrid tea type roses were just coming into a really enormous second flush. But he was mixing in things like uh, annual cosmos. That's right. And, and uh, perennials and clematis. That's right. Um, again, up until three years ago, the, uh, the gardens were mainly in a lot of old fashions, no underplanting with perennials and so on. Cosmos or, you know, like echinaceas and asters. We've got dahlias in there now. And it's a riot of colour. And that's what, you know, people you know, seem to want. They want to see roses, but they also want to see other plants as well. Because also at the nursery here, we do all sorts of perennials. We do over 2,000 different sorts of perennials, herbaceous, clematis and things like that. They're all within our gardens, which I think is quite unique nowadays to have a I suppose about an acre, acre and a half of gardens and the, the nursery the garden centre attached to it. You know, if you walk around the gardens and see something that you like, the chances are um, you'll be able to get it, you know, 50 metres away from the garden centre. So you can, A, first of all, see it in the gardens growing in its natural habitat. And then after that, make a few notes and then go over, you know, to the garden centre and purchase it years ago. That was totally different. We used to have people come in, look at the gardens and make notes and order them for bare root. Then you've got to wait, haven't you? That's 12, right. 12 months. And we're, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're all um, a little bit more impatient nowadays and um, our bare root season uh, selling roses is dropping um, slightly, but the, the containers 
uh, increasing ever so much each year. Because we, myself included, you want to have a little wander around somewhere. You go into a garden centre, nursery or whatever. You see it in flower. That's exactly what you want. Where is it? I'd like to purchase it. Pick it up. Take it away. Plant it. As long as you plant a pot, plant, doesn't have to be a rose, but make sure that you feed it and keep it well watered for the first season. You know, that's just as good as planting bare root. Yeah, without question. Now, you do a really mammoth catalogue with these uh, 1,100 roses that you're growing. And at the top of each section, I see that you make a specific recommendation. For example, on the old and modern shrub roses, you say that Bonica would be one of your desert island roses. <laughs> I, think <laughs> yes. it would, I think it would be one of mine too. That's a really cracking rose, isn't it? It's a beautiful rose. It's been around for some you know, 30 or 40 years now, and um, it's still so healthy, so reliable. And you know, if you're lucky, you'll probably get three good flushes every year from it. And sometimes the last flush, not quite, but nearly is as good as the first flush. You know, with a lot of roses, your first flush is always the best one in, in the height of June. And then by the time you get the second flush, you know, end of August, early September time, you know, the, the flowers are not quite so good. But Bonica just keeps on going and going. And it's very tough. It'll tolerate poor soils and all sorts. Beautiful rose. Well, now, how about some of your own breeding? I mean, you've got several with royal connections, haven't you? I think of Highgrove, Sandringham, Queen's Jubilee. I mean, have you got a special line into the royal family or something? <laughs> um, you know, because we've got uh, Clarence House. Um, <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> you missed that one out. Yeah. You know, um, we've been asked once or twice, you know, to bring out some of uh, these roses for, you know, the royals the, the and some of the lovely houses that they've got. Uh, but no real connection. We're hoping to get our royal warrant, Peter. So I don't know if you can pull any strings for us. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Could I mention um, the Macmillan Nurse? That's one of yours, isn't it? a lovely white rose. It is. It's, it, it, that's, again, I suppose you could sort of say a royal connection. I mean, every year we go to uh, Sandringham Flower Show, which is um, held on the last Wednesday of, of July at, uh, at Sandringham, and uh, we put a display. It's only a one-day show, a fabulous, fabulous show, and uh, Peter was there one year, and um, Prince Charles came along, and he sort of whispered in, in Peter's ears. He said, um... Peter, don't you think um, you should name a rose for the Macmillan nurses? They do an absolute wonderful job. And um, at that time, we had this lovely seedling, which was about a lovely white, um, very double. I don't know if you know Madame Hardy. It's a, a fully double with a little green eye. This one is very similar to that, but it's nice and compact. Only grows to about uh, a metre high, but continuously flowering. Very, very healthy. A very nice, subtle scent to it. Very good so, foliage, the, though, isn't it? You know, the beautiful rich, foliage. Yeah. Uh, dark and, 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 and so healthy. It's, it, it really is a good rose. And it's also uh, very good uh, to grow into a container. One thing which uh, did strike me when I was making my visit was all the workshops and uh, special days that you do. Uh, isn't that yes. quite demanding, Ian? It is. It, it is. We have um, you know, several workshops you know, throughout the year. And I think just after you came, we had um, a workshop you know, called Training Climbers and Ramblers because that's, a lot of people get very worried on, you know, how do I train a climber and rambler? What do I do? You know, do I just prune at the once? Do I do this? There's so many questions that daunt people. I mean, people get very worried. And, they, and then they end up not pruning it, and then it can get out of control. 
it was a two and a half hour course. We we had it for two days, um, and that, that became so full we had to open it for another day. And what so, does it, what um, does it cost then, Ian, to to, to come on I one think of those? That, um, that was just a, a two and a half hour uh, course, which was I believe it was uh, twenty pounds, and you had you know a cup of coffee and then a bacon roll, and then two of us giving uh, demonstrations and walking through the gardens and explaining it. But you know we do also have. Um, in October and February, the full-day planting and pruning courses, which have go down, you know, very well. Um, we have pruning demonstrations. Either myself or my brother or Simon will give a lecture, and it goes on till four o'clock. And we cover everything, you know, from pruning climbers and ramblers to shrub roses to hybrid teas and so on. Um, and that's very good. There's nothing to beat one-to-one instruction of that kind, is there? And what a no. wonderful gift for somebody. You know, if you're looking oh. for a gift for a gardener to send them up to uh, Peter Beals for one of those special days, goodness, it, it would be... A... It's, it, it's perfect. We actually, what we tend to try and do is make it light-hearted and as easy as possible because sometimes in the books it gets so confusing for people, you know, when, you know, saying outward-facing bud... Um, <laughs> goblet shape. You must do this and do that. And we try to put people's minds at rest to, you know, what you can get away with and still enjoy the flowers. We obviously tell them the correct way, but um, you know, sometimes you put a pair of secateurs into you know somebody's hands and their eyes light up and you can see, oh gosh, they're going to be a heavy pruner. And then you, <laughs> yes, be careful. I think you can relate to that, can you, Peter? I think you understand what I'm saying. And then, and another, you know. Uh, time you put a pair of secretaries into somebody's hands and they're almost frightened of looking at it. Yes, And then you, right. you can tell that they're going to be a light pruner. Ian, it's an absolute joy to speak to you. What a wealth of information. Uh, I think we'll be coming back, if we may, in due course. By all means, please. But, but I can't recommend uh, enough that people pop into your wonderful restaurant, have a coffee and a cake and really spend some lovely times. I mean, we haven't mentioned the wild garden, have we? I mean, you got that. No, we didn't. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yep. I mean, that, that, that's a lovely, again, about another acre. At the nursery here, that means you've got two different types of garden. One that's manicured to an inch of its life, so to speak, with lovely edges and looking wonderful. You cross the pavement and you, and you go into a wildlife garden with roses just left to do their own thing and wild seeds and so on. Yeah, it really is a, you know, a good um, day to come out to have a little look at us. Yeah, fantastic for the family. Ian, please keep up the good work. A great uh, you, pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. My tailpiece this week is really an indication of how things have changed and I think uh, cabbage white butterflies are the perfect example. Now in the 40s, one of the classes in village shows was the biggest number of cabbage white butterflies that you could pin on a piece of cardboard. I mean at that time of uh, living... With the Second World War and food shortages, food was everything. And of course we didn't have the means of controlling cabbage white butterflies that we've got today. And so if kids went out and caught cabbage white butterflies, that was really one way of reducing these predators. But now, of course, it looks as if they're almost honoured. I see that the country file calendar for 2018 on one month has three cabbage white butterflies flying in sequence towards knapweed uh, in a picture called Flutterby. Now I'm afraid I'm a fairly keen gardener, don't really like cabbage white butterflies on my Brussels sprouts and even worse their offspring. But I hear that 
a young family visiting a stately home in Saffron Walden, Audley End, actually saw some very nice green with a yellow striped caterpillar on the uh, greens there, and they collected one or two and took them home, and they're actually raising their own cabbage white butterflies. Boy, has life changed, you know. As a teenager there, I was with my jacket trying to catch them, and now we have families uh, feeding them cabbage leaves and breeding cabbage white butterflies. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson and Morgan, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.